Ladies and gentlemen, for the next hour, I aim to entertain and educate you about music and causes that enrich your life. A delicious mix of talking and music we call fun philanthropy or fun lanthropy, where the desire to improve the welfare of others is combined with fun and music. My mission, I know it's going to sound a little hokey, Steve, is to produce music and content that inspires giving because giving and generosity spreads love and growth and the lack of generosity creates fear and stagnation. Today, you will get to meet vocalist extraordinaire Tracy Marble. Yay! (laughs) And local nonprofit leader Bill Haas from the Center for Nonprofits at Sacred Heart University. I'm Rob Freed, and welcome to Band Central Radio, where we broadcast the fourth Monday of every month on WPKN 89.5 FM here in Bridgeport and on your audio device of choice anytime you want to listen via WPKN podcasts and WPKN live stream on YouTube. As mentioned, we've got a great show over the next hour talking to Tracy and Bill. We also have WPKN General Manager Steve DeCostanza here. Hey, Happy Steve. to be here, always. How are you doing, Rob? I'm doing great, Steve. And we are doing our last couple of shows together as the Steve and Rob Act as Steve will be retiring as general manager for PKN in mid-December. Congratulations, Thank Steve. Thank you, Rob. You know, we dropped that on the last show, and it just kind of it, it leaked out a little bit, so that uh, that very day I had to go out to social media and tell everybody. <laughs> so I had a couple of calls like, wait, what did I just hear? I, like to, I like to be on the leading edge, yes, sometimes, so the, thank sometimes you. the bleeding edge yeah. in this case. It's kind of bittersweet, that's for sure. Hey, let's let's... I got a topic I want to discuss with you. I want to discuss kind of nature, habits, um, day trips, and playing hooky. So for anyone listening to Band Central Radio over the past six months, you know we take on some pretty interesting and fascinating topics in our commentary and panel discussions. Mental health, personal growth, approaches to social activism, the magic of making mistakes in life, separating the essential from the noise in life, etc. And today I want to take a little break and talk about happiness, play, and more specifically, playing hooky. You know, mm-hmm. Abraham Lincoln once said, <laughs> Abraham Lincoln once said, most folks, like you had to do my Abraham Lincoln accent, <laughs> most folks are as happy as they make up their mind to be. If all of a sudden you, dear PKN listener, have a free day or a half a day, what would you do? Um, You know, living in Fairfield County has an aspect of intensity and being productive and earning a living and being responsible, etc. And how often do we design a break where we get off the treadmill of our to-dos, our projects, and simply be, simply step into the drift of life? Obviously, one of these free play items for most of us music obsessives is to listen to WPKN (laughs) 89.5 FM. And speaking of 89.5, I want to show my appreciation for a moment as we're on this topic. Keep your thoughts and, and just let you know that WPKN's terrestrial signal and I love saying terrestrial signal because it makes it sound like PKN has been around since the dinosaur age. 
the PKN's terrestrial signal now reaches listeners of 100, excuse me, 1.5 million people in Connecticut, Long Island, and parts of New York and Massachusetts. It's on 24-7, and it's largely run by volunteers. You know, and when you look at it, PKN offers this eclectic and unique mix of Live music, recorded music, news, public affairs, spoken word, arts and culture, and other freeform programming, which is really defies genre. So, you know, we at Band Central and we and we here at PKN are proud to be listener supported, commercial free, community driven and available available to the public at no cost. So I'm going to ask each of our guests here for three things they love to do and would recommend to listeners who want to play hooky. For me, I'm going to start off here. I'm, you know, I'm a half introvert, half extrovert. So some of my free time items are like solitary and some are social. Um, I would emphasize that I I, I like to use my time to connect one on one with people I miss and care about. Um, to create a special time and a memory. So <laughs> here's one I'm going to point to. Steve and I, this very same yes, Steve DeCostanza, yes. right? We recently got all our stuff done in the morning and then mm. stopped midday and drove up to Hammonasset State Park where we sat on the beach, talked, had a cold beer and swam. And, the, you know, the, the Long Island sound up there is really special because it starts to open up to the Atlantic. It's it's quite beautiful. And, you know, after two hours of talking and walking on the and beaching, we headed home, but we made the all-important stop at Pepe's Pizza <laughs> in New Haven for, for more bliss and yeah. talking. I think that was a white clam pie, right? Oh, the famous. The famous. Yeah. So my second thing is that I live in Reading, and, you know, the main amenity up there is walking trails. So I have always loved to walk in the woods since I was a little kid. And, and, you know, so next to walking on a beautiful beach, I'd put walking in the woods being very restorative for calming for me. And, you know, lastly, I would say, you know, it's no surprise, but playing music. Um, Since I started playing music in bands as a teenager, it's always been a source of uh, that word flow, Mm. you know, where uh, and I always know it because three hours of playing music somehow feels like 45 minutes. <laughs> so thank you for letting me share that. And, and I'm sharing this and I'm going to ask our guests to share in this spirit of where all of us at PKN and those of you, you know, kind enough to be listening today, uh, you know, Open your mind to possibilities of what if I really cranked it out, got half of my work done in half a day and just said I'm taking the rest of the day off. So any who would like to share? uh... I could go. Okay. (laughs) Thank you, Tracy. Um, Wow. I really appreciate all the things you said, Rob, because um, similarly, um, the first thing that comes to mind is is uh, is really grabbing my husband <laughs> grabbing my husband <laughs> and taking him i just, taking I just saw, Bill, late I saw Bill, Bill, bill's eyebrows just went up <laughs> my husband of 38 years now mike marble and i w- we would go to the beach because that's mm. my favorite spot um um similarly also uh walking uh hiking but this time with my my dog mac 
um, spending time with him. This is part of my practice, actually. Um, I spend, I groom my dog. He's a golden doodle. So if any of you out there know what that um, <laughs> maintenance is like, um, yep, it's a lot of mistakes that I've made, uh, but it grows back. So, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, hiking, hiking. Uh, we have a lovely tr- uh, Pequannock Trail that's um, in Trumbull here, uh, and um, love to go hiking in the woods um, with my dog. Um, the third thing I would say is a combination of things, um, and um, they all involve um, what I would say mindful practice. Um, being uh, at home, I love to, um, one of my practices is, is to knit. I find it very mm. meditative. Um, I would love nothing more than to just just sit and be and knit. Um, sometimes it's not meditative because sometimes I have to count and that, you know, at my age, uh, <laughs> that becomes a thing. <laughs> so, um, but I would love to do that. Um, similarly in the house, in the home, I love to putter. I love to cook. I love to make, I would love to make a slow, uh, Sunday gravy. That's not on gr- Sunday. Um, so, uh, let it simmer and just enjoy food with a meal with my family. Yeah. I could see, I could see calling it a day at 12 noon getting a sauce going, gravy, as you like to call it, and, you know, and sitting on the couch and maybe watching something on TV or not. And, you know, but those all sound lovely, Tracy. Bill, how about you? Well, I I agree. Uh, I love Tracy's ideas. Mine are a little different. Um, I do like to do a lot of different things in free time. So some of it, as you mentioned, you're an introvert, extrovert. I'm an introvert, but I do love to do things with people. And one of the things I do... Uh, and it would do on a day like this is I call my friend Rich up and say, uh, let's go play nine holes of golf. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not a great golfer, but I'd love to be outside anywhere yeah. and, um, you know, to have the opportunity to play with somebody that I like and have a lot mm-hmm. of fun, you know, is great. Maybe a beer afterwards, as, as you and Steve had at the mm-hmm. Hammonasset Beach. Uh, so that would be one thing. The next thing, it, my, again, my friend Rich and I have, uh, become involved in boating. So take a boat out in Long Island Sound or up the Housatonic River. Uh, I went out uh, myself, actually, a, a week ago Friday. Beautiful, calm morning, very quiet, no other boats out. And it's just wonderful to just kind of relax and enjoy uh, the outside. I feel relaxed just imagining that. Yes, mm, right. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, nobody out there and uh, a couple of fishermen, but um, just, just a cruise out on the sound. Mm. It, that was a lot of fun. That's nice. And then one of the other things I, I love to do is, is uh, work with, with plants and vegetables. Mm-hmm. And outside, inside, I drive my wife crazy with all the, all the plants inside. I just brought two more in last week, and um, I had to sneak them in because <laughs> there's already too many, uh, according to her. But anyway, she puts up with it. But, uh, but that's you, a lot do, of fun. Do you grow some of your own food? In, yeah, in the l- year? yeah, a little, a little bit. bit. Uh, uh, because of where we live, we really can't have a garden. I lo- would love to have an outdoor garden. Yeah. So yeah, do some tomato, tomato plants in, in uh, you know in pots, and they work. And I have this little uh, inside uh, light garden. Um, that we're growing little uh, yellow cherry tomatoes. We've had six mm. of them. It mm. uh, doesn't quite make a salad, but, you know, you can puff them <laughs> in your mouth and they sound pretty good. Um, but other than that, um, no, it's mostly plants. And, and I, I try to uh, – I'd love to see plants grow. This comes from my grandmother. So um, I like to try to bring plants in from the summer and see if I can keep them alive during the wintertime. So All right. a couple well, of geraniums and things like that. We're, we're discussing 
what would you do if you play hooky for half a day? And we're encouraging everybody to, to think about that and clear the decks to do that. Uh, Steve, what about you? What would well, you uh, suggest? I mean, we talked about the beach. You talked about the beach. And I think that's, that's my go-to. My go-to therapy is to put my, my toes in the sand. And it could be anywhere. You know, I live in Black Rock. We have a little beach, and sometimes I just can walk down there and read the newspaper and or listen to some music, you know. Uh, but that's certainly one of my go-tos. And then I like to ride my bicycle, my bike. You know, it's therapeutic. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't... I, I would have said 20 years ago to go running, right? But... I'm I'm now at the age where I, I'm doing everything possible to save my knees, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a lot easier to be on a bike, but I still get the same kind of endorphins, you know, after after going after being out there a while, and and it's a, a place of refuge, you know. Great ideas come to you, mm-hmm. and then of course you forget them, but uh, <laughs> but uh, it's very therapeutic, and it was uh, that was actually my therapy throughout COVID too. Every every day, rain or shine, you know. If it rains, you just gear up. And if it's cold, I mean, the only time I wouldn't ride is if, you know, there were snow drifts. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't happen very very often in the last uh, uh, couple of years. So, well, thank you, Steve. Hey, in a moment, we're going to interview Tracy Marble. But first, let's take a listen to a song from her recent album. It's time. The name of the song is called Making It Up As We Go. We'll be right back.
Wow, we just heard Making It Up As We Go from the new album It's Time by Tracy Marble. You're listening to Band Central Radio here on WPKN 89.5 FM. I'm Rob Freed. Let me take you a moment. Let me take a moment and update you on Band Central. So Band Central, we're a band. We're also a foundation, and we donate money to local nonprofits. We're going to perform 15 theme concerts in 2023 when all is said and done to help local nonprofits. You know, and our shows feature some amazing musicians, and we, we do some really some very interesting shows. Every season we feature different shows. Uh, we just did last weekend a Rockin' Halloween Bash for clasp and we we played thriller and a little halloween mashup we do we did we did a flower power show songs from the generation of love this year we've been doing some funk and disco uh, a beach and luau party at uh at uh a uh, park city music hall and it's for some amazing nonprofits. i just want to read you some the names of some of these nonprofits we're working with this year so you get the flavor operation hope Wolfgang and Companies, the Connecticut Institute for Refugees and Immigrants, Sterling House Community Center, Mission, Thrive, CLASP, Children's Learning Center, Centers for Family Justice, FTC, Connecticut Audubon Society, Common Ground, Kennedy Collective, New Canaan Mounted Troop, Cardinal Sheehan Center, and WPKN. And, you know, we stand ready to help local nonprofits and musicians thrive. Um, here, here we have one date left in 2023. It's uh, in two weeks, uh, November 9th. It's a Thursday night, and it's for Operation Hope, and it's called Rock for Hope. And uh, Operation Hope, if you're not familiar, they provide food and housing assistance to those in our community here most in need. And it's a dynamite nonprofit run by Carla Miklos. This show is going to be a rock-oriented show. We've got Joe Bouchard, the founder of Blue Oyster Cult, who's going to join us, play with the Band Central All-Stars. Tickets are only 45 bucks, and it includes a drink. So it's, you know, it's so easy. Just come on down, have a drink, meet Carla and the Operation Hope team, and hear this great concert that we're going to do. You can get those tickets at, uh, you know, fairfieldtheater.org. You can also visit Band Central to sign up for our monthly newsletter. It's called experiencebandcentral.com. You can sign up for our monthly newsletter updates, our tour dates, and follow us on Facebook at Experience Band Central. I also play bass and sing in some groups with upcoming dates. You can check that out at robfreedmusic.com for the schedule. Joining us now is Tracy Marble. I'm going to try to give you a little flavor of her background and then let her talk about herself. Tracy is both an artist and a voice teacher. As an actress and a singer, she's performed off-Broadway, way off-Broadway, on TV, on the radio. In addition to being on the voice faculty at the music theater division at the Hart School, she maintains a private studio in Trumbull for voice instruction. And I can proudly say that I have benefited greatly from taking voice lessons from Tracy. She was the lead vocalist for a band called Celebration for over 25 years. Um, and, you know, other, another interesting thing, she graded, graduated from Indiana University, 
receiving her B.A. in theater and telecommunications. She's happily married to drummer Mike Marble, who is one of my favorite people, who's also performing in the November night show at Fairfield Theater. And Mike has been a guest on this program. So, Tracy, welcome. Thanks, Rob. Thank you for having me. This is wonderful. Oh, thank you. So, so why voice and and why not piccolo or <laughs> mandolin? Why voice? Oh, well, mandolin. Mm, would that I could play the mandolin like my grandfather, who, who started in the Verdi band uh, <laughs> many, many years ago. Um, why voice? Well, I actually, um, I would have to say that that, that goes way back to listening to the radio, WNEWAM, which my mother had on in our house. My mother, who is um, 91 years old and rocking it. Mm, um, yeah, still works three days a week and plays golf three days a week. But anyway, um, she, she would have WNEW on 24-7. And so I learned the beautiful, great American songbook. Writers like George Gershwin and singers like Ella Fitzgerald. And um, yeah, I was exposed at a very young age um, to the voice and the power of the voice um, and the, the transformational power of the voice. Can you, can you remember the moment that you said you heard something and said, I want to do that? Or did it just, was, it, you know, was there a discrete moment in your memory? Uh, I can tell you a, a, little, a little bit about a moment when, when, um, when I realized I might be doing that. Um, I was in high school and um, I uh, went to Norwalk High School and uh, sort of on a dare tried out for the musical um, I, I didn't really know anybody from Norwalk High School, so I, I, I had transferred from a, uh, a Catholic school at that point. And so, anyway, so I, I, um, I did, I did the, uh, the, uh, the audition, as it were, but then I went home and I went to my piano lesson, um, and I forgot about the audition. I was like, this is I, mm, no way. But anyway, um, long story short, at my piano lesson, um, a schoolmate called and said, hey, you need to get down here. Because your name is on the list, on the callback list. And I was like, I'm not going. <laughs> but my, but my, my father said, you absolutely are. And he, he was like, you, you made a commitment. You, you did this audition. Now you need to show up and follow it through. And so mm. uh, the very long story short is that um, I was cast as a freshman uh, in the lead musical. Uh, in Carnival, and um, which was a, a total coup. Uh, I don't want to go so into that. That was like a Kickstarter. But yeah, kicking the kicking you know, the my you parents know what. they did, they had no idea that I could even sing, and I really hadn't thought about it. Um, but that got me on stage. So so in a, and I know in a minute we're going to talk about your musicality and the record that you made and the song that we just listened to. But I, I also want to say, ask you, like, why also? voice instruction because in addition Mm. to being an artist Mm. i happen to know that you have a very deep understanding of how how vocal sound works where in the head and the chest and everything everything Mm. comes from and that you can listen to somebody talk or sing and diagnose where there might be a lack of clarity and then help them with exercises. You use exercises that are very scientific, um, almost like a, 
a surgeon. You're 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 a surgeon, <laughs> you know. Uh, and so, w- how did you develop that passion? Well, um, I I I teach using the principles of of what is called um, somatic voice work. Um, that was a is a methodology that was founded by Jeannie Lovetri. Um, it is a body based scientific base, based um, method of teaching the voice and it does it involves listening to the whole person to um, to discern uh, the function of the voice what is it actually doing not just you know how how, how do I sound but like what is the sound I'm making where does that come from mm-hmm. um, and you know I've been I've been studying uh, somatic voice work and I am by no means an expert um, but I've been studying it since 2014 um, and the people that are that are involved in this type of work really look at the holistic person you know and um, yeah I, I've, I, it's something that has really resonated with me I, I took lessons for years but um, you know and I, I started teaching in earnest um, probably in 2007 when the scales of, of performance and uh, tipped for me and I began to earn a living as a, you know, such as it is more on the teaching. Great, Um, great, great. Um, Well, I I do want to say if you're a professional musician, vocalist listening or somebody that has to sing some background vocals, or if you're just somebody that wants to learn about singing, um, I'm not sure Tracy can take everybody that would be interested, but you, you know, um, I want to encourage you. She would be somebody to reach out to to learn more about uh, some very fun and instructive uh, uh, vocal instruction. And if I hey, can interject just go one ahead, second, go ahead. Rob Freed was a terrific student because, <laughs> because he he engaged in the practice, and that's a that's what it's all about. It's about. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I want to move to the present moment. I want to, you know, we just listened to your record. Uh, you know, you've been you've been at this for a while, as you've <laughs> described. What is getting you inspired musically now? Ooh. And and t- and tell us a little bit about the album, maybe where you recorded it mm. and, and who's on it. You know, Absolutely. that kind of thing. Go ahead. OK, so this this album project was birthed out of um, uh, two and a half years of going back to school, to graduate school. Um, I decided at the, at, at um, well, I'll just tell you this. My login password for graduate schools was, am I crazy to do this at 60? So, um, and the, the affirmative answer I got was absolutely not. So I ended up getting a, a, a master's of fine arts in interdisciplinary art from a wonderful college called Goddard College. Um, and during that time, uh, I had mentors that literally changed my life in looking looking at um, at my life in a different way. They taught me how to fold my art into my life. So um, this project was born out of of, of that. Um, it was it became the centerpiece for my portfolio, uh, which I never thought I would be making a portfolio. You know, oh. I d- didn't consider myself a visual artist per se and that but it has nothing to do with that. It's all about um, it's all about um, incorpor- incorporating your life. So I, I hear that there there was a bit of a discipline that part of your education that helped guide you. Yes. And provide some inspiration. Uh, talk a little bit about the record. Like, yes. where, did, where did you record okay. it? So I, um, I 
my producer was Michael Terry, who mm-hmm. lives in uh, Arizona. So this was done 2,500 miles apart. Um, mm. So Michael produced it um, and mixed it. Um, I produced my and re- engineered my I engineered and recorded my vocals at home. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike, my wonderful husband, is my drummer, <laughs> built-in drummer on the record, and he uh, also engineered his his part at home. Um, we used, I mean, Michael played played or played everything. He played organ, he played piano. Um, I also uh, played some piano. Um, he sang on, sang some backgrounds on the on the record. Um, uh, did arrangements, orchestrations. Um, I did all the vocal arrangements. Andy Abel played guitars. Uh, Andy from Norwalk, wonderful musician. Lou Bellafato played on one of the tunes, um, piano. Carlos uh, Boltis, who is a violist and a taronga player in the in the church where I am, a musical director. He played uh, on the record. Jim Clark, who is a local, uh, played played horns. Uh, David Coe played on a on a tune that I did uh, 26 years ago, which is on the record. Uh, Cliff Pia, uh, longtime. Uh, friend, bass player, everybody connected with my with my um, album is somebody that I I love dearly and have had relationship with. George Skid played bass basses on it. Jesse Terry, Michael's son, mm-hmm. played guitar on the Secret of Life. Um, so I wrote I wrote nine of the ten songs uh, on the on the album. Eight of them I wrote during the time that I was at Goddard um, and. The ninth one I wrote 26 years ago, it's called Lessons to Learn, and just a little bit about that song, even though you're not going to hear that. Well, perhaps you will if you go to listen to it. Um, But that was written for my mentor, uh, my voice teacher, um, who passed away, and I wrote it for his memorial service, and David Coe, my guitarist at the time, played on it. I knew I couldn't make it through the memorial service, so I said, please, let's let's just record this. And then I had to justify it. uh, being on the on the album some twenty six years later, but how I did that was you uh, you asked about the study of voice. I'm very interested interested in in the effects of aging on the voice and the effects mm. of emotion on the voice. And so this I wanted to include this. This was my voice when I was thirty seven years old, right? So and it's it's sandwiched between my voice now on the record. Um, so, but the the beautiful thing, the most lovely thing about this uh, this record is that uh, this tune on the record is that I enlisted. I wrote a choral arrangement to go on to be mixed into this um, existing pre existing tracks, and twenty one of my current and former voice students came to my house. Mm. We booked a recording studio at Andy Abel's. Wow, we trekked over there and recorded this session in one day. Uh, and we came back to my house and had a celebratory meal, shared, shared a meal together. And it happened to be, and this was just coincidentally on my 63rd birthday. So what, wow, a, what that, a gift that, that was. Is so, that is so fantastic. We're listening to Tracy Marble, who's a, a singer and actress and, uh, also a vocal instructor. Um, Hey, can we play something live in the studio? I would love to. <laughs> so I, I looked on your record and I saw that Secret of Life by James Taylor, which is, you know, the secret of life is enjoying the passage of time, which is very much in keeping with the theme of today's show of yes. 
carpe diem, you know, and find something very pleasant and happy to do. Uh, while I'm grabbing my guitar, could you um, let listeners know where where they can find you on maybe social media, a website? Tell us how your record <laughs> is available for people who would like to stream or download it. Okay. Um, yes. Well, it is available on all those things, those platforms, those places, I, you know, before, before today, this is, uh, I thought that stream was, was only a, a noun, <laughs> but I've learned that it's a verb. So anyway, um, you, you can go to tracymarble.herenow.com, but you can just put Tracy, T-R-A-C-E-Y, marble, and it's time into any kind of browsing um, place, and, and and something should come up. I am in the process of yeah, doing, Apple Music, Spotify, it's all on those iTunes, good spots, it's on yeah. all those things. Good, but like, good, um, good. yeah, it's it, it's um, the website is coming, <laughs> and that will be called. I've, I've gone as far as buying the buying the domain name, and that'll be. And can people Marvel. can people send you an email if they want to? Absolutely. What would you, what would that so be? That's at Marble Muse M A R B L E M. U-S-E at gmail.com. Um, yeah. You can also friend me on Facebook. I'd be happy to do, do that if, you're, if that is something that appeals to you. All right. Just before we start this, I just, I just want to say um, this is a song I wish I'd written <laughs> <laughs> because it really uh, it speaks to me on so many levels, and I hope it speaks to you. The secret of life is enjoying the passage of time Any fool can do it There ain't to it Nobody knows how we got to the top of the hill But since we're on our way down We might as well enjoy the ride The secret of love is an opening up your heart It's okay to feel afraid But don't let that stand in your way Cause anyone knows that love is the only road And since we're here for a while Might as well show some style Give us a smile Isn't it a lovely ride See me sliding down Gliding down Try not to try too hard it's just a lovely ride. Yeah. Now the thing about time is that time isn't real. 
does it feel for you? Einstein said he could never understand it all. Planets spinning through space. A smile upon your face. Welcome to the human race. Some kind of lovely ride. See me sliding down. I'll be gliding down. Try not to try too hard. It's just a lovely ride. The secret of life is enjoying the passage of time. Yes, Very yes, nice. that was Tracy Marble. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> and that was uh, The Secret of Life by James Taylor. Joining us now is Bill Haas. <clears throat> Bill is a longtime Fairfield Bridgeport guy, uh, having been my lifeguard at Sunhaven Beach Club in the 1960s. This is true. When back when Bill was uh, uh, quite the honk, he's still quite the honk. He's <laughs> he's a rather good looking man. Um, he recently he's been the director of the Center for Nonprofits at Sacred Heart University, and the center was founded in 2002 as part of the Welsh College of Business to engage MBA students in community-oriented setting to apply their knowledge to assist local nonprofits. Quite ingenious. In fact, Band Central has been a client of the Center for Nonprofits. Bill received his B.S. from Stonehill College and his Ph.D. in clinical psychology from the Fielding Graduate Institute. Welcome, Bill. Thank you, Rob. Thanks for having me today. And by the way, those years at Sunhaven were great times for me. Uh, you were one of the little rascals that I would have to chase around the beach and <laughs> keep from going in the deep water. But uh, uh, when we first met, uh, it, it was great to kind of reconnect. I remember your mom and your dad and your sister and that the family, the, the Freed family at Sunhaven. That was many years ago. Remember the Totora family? Oh, the Totora yeah. family. And yes, uh, and the father was my boss. Absolutely. He was, he was the boss. Well, to start off, to tell us a little bit more just about yourself in terms of your, your personal journey, in terms of how did you evolve to today where you're now at Sacred Heart? Well, I like to think about it as um, uh, not a straight line, not linear by any means, but very, very zigzag. Um, you know, I went to college and got a degree in child psychology and always wanted to be a psychologist and um, took the route first through uh, school psychology um, with my master's degree. And then eventually uh, I had a wonderful mentor named George Steinfeld, uh, who's a psychologist in Trumbull. Uh, and George encouraged me to go on uh, to get my doctorate in psychology because in Connecticut, in order to be considered a psychologist or call yourself a psychologist, uh, you have to have a PhD and you have to have a license. You have to be licensed by the state of Connecticut, just like physicians and nurses and uh, social workers and things like that. So um, 
I got that uh, degree in 1994. Um, I practiced for a while, but um, uh, during the time I was getting my degree and with my wife raising our family, uh, I was also working full time as working in the nonprofit business um, as an administrator. And so I did practice psychology for a while. I had a part time private practice and um, while I was uh, working as a uh, uh, the chief operating officer at an organization of Bridgeport, LifeBridge is now as it's called, and then became its CEO in uh, 2007 uh, for 10 years and retired. And I was fortunate enough to have the opportunity to go to Stonehill, right, uh, I'm sorry, to Sacred Heart University right after I retired. Uh, a gentleman by the name of Steve Brown, who was the former dean of the uh, Welsh School of Business, mm-hmm. uh, who was also a member of our board of directors for a time, called and said, you know, Sacred Heart has this great opportunity. They're looking for an executive in residence. They've started a master's in public administration. They're looking for someone who's been in the field, would like to teach, be the liaison you know, to the community and so on. So um, I grabbed it. I thought it was, wow, this would be a great retirement job. Uh, and it has been. It continues to be. Um, and I got involved with the Center for Nonprofits in my job as the executive in residence uh, as the liaison between mm. there and the center. Uh, and as time went on, the center director, uh, who had been uh, there at the time, retired. And I expressed interest, and um, the board chose me. So I've been doing that for, it's, I'm on my sixth year now, uh, involved. And as you mentioned, um, well, let me let me go back because you asked about myself. I just wanted to also mention there's kind of a um, maybe unfulfilled part of my life, and that has to be uh, around music and around theater. Um, my wife and I met uh, during uh, a play called The Fantastics back in uh, when we were in high school, and we've been together ever since. Just celebrated our 50th wedding anniversary last year. Um, we've done music, we've done theater, but it's never been a professional thing for me. Uh, and I think only because I never thought I could make a living at it. Um, but I do love it. I love uh, Tracy's uh, version of Secret of Life. Uh, I'm a big J- James Taylor fan. So that that musical piece. We, we, are gonna, we are going to get you to play, take guitar lessons from uh, somebody really good and and uh, and. <clears throat> And, and get into some op- get into an open jam <laughs> together, but that's another question. We're listening, right. by the way, to Bill Haas from the uh, Center for Nonprofits at Sacred Heart University, and you're listening to Band Central Radio here on WPKN eighty nine point five FM. Continue, Bill. So where we are now with the Center uh, for Nonprofits, um, <clears throat> because as a paid professional, uh, my position part time. We've uh, been able to go beyond those uh, student projects that you talked about, although they are very much a central part of what we do. Um, But to that, we've added um, educational webinars. Uh, We do an annual conference. And uh, this is the third year that I've been leading uh, leadership development groups that I call CEO circles. Uh, And they are for CEOs or executive directors of nonprofits um, and it's an opportunity to kind of create uh, a non-judgment zone, free space for them to be able to talk about challenges, talk about their accomplishments, uh, and to uh, get advice from other peers. Uh, and I really believe strongly that uh, senior leadership people need to have a peer group to be able to talk with. It's very difficult 
especially nowadays in the nonprofit world, to be out there trying to operate by yourself. Um, so I'm happy with the growth. Um, we are beginning a new uh, fundraising campaign this year to try to increase our revenue so that we can expand the services beyond uh, what we do. But um, we've served with our projects, some of the nonprofits you mentioned before that Band Central has helped. And um, we've done, uh, we've had over uh, 850 graduate students over the 20 or so years that the center has been involved with. And uh, I think we've done uh, projects for over 250. So if you're, if you're one of our nonprofit listener friends, this is really quite an incredible offering that Bill and Sacred Heart, you know, University are making available where there's a place at at essentially no cost to you. Correct. That is providing guidance and entrepreneurship and social media and all, you know, marketing strategy, many, many different aspects, how to build an audience, how to use data, how to use data to drive your decisions. And Bill you know, this phase of his life is really about sharing what he's learned, being an executive director himself, helping other people, his psychological understanding to, to basically um, provide this guidance. Um, and I, I, for one, know many nonprofits that have a very powerful executive director that is doing five jobs <laughs> instead of one. And they could really benefit by just slowing down, spending some time, having a team assigned to them and helping do a little diagnosis of what they can do better. So I think it's extremely valuable and that you're expanding it to include webinars and seminars and other forms of learning is great, Bill. Well, having a great, uh, great time doing it. We have a great advisory board who helps because no worthwhile endeavor happens without one person. Um, but I'm, as I say, hoping that we can uh, next year, if we had this conversation, that I'll be able to tell you about some other new things. That yeah. So give, just give us an idea, because, um, uh, you know, you did mention w- what you do provide, but you also mentioned expanding some of the services. Yeah. Um, and what, what would you say if I said to you, what, what are the main priorities for the year ahead? for the Center for Nonprofits. How would you describe that? Well, for that? this year, uh, one of the priorities, and this has been um, uh, cultivated by our, our dean, is uh, typically we have used only uh, master's level students, MBA students. This year, we want to get people involved uh, on the undergraduate level. And in fact, um, um, just for people uh, people's information, that Rob has offered to come and speak to some of the uh, not prof, uh, from a, his business perspective, to some of the undergraduate classes. And we've got some uh, professors who are willing to let you come in and, and speak with the classes. So, Yeah, well, what um, Bill's referring to is that in addition to being a musician and a leader of Band Central, I, I worked at Bridgewater Associates for four decades. So I have a certain set of chops around strategy and sales and marketing and, and all, all the things I learned in my Wall Street tenure. And and love to the chance to to work with young people that are, you know, casting their net or figuring out what color their parachute is. Isn't that the way they used to phrase it, Steve? <laughs> yeah, that's right. yeah. And there's one other thing that um, uh, that we'll be doing this year is that uh, well, first of all, all of our, our ideas come from the nonprofit. So we ask them 
what would be helpful to you uh, in terms of a webinar or our conference theme or whatever. Uh, and one of the uh, most prominent pieces of feedback that we received last year was about the lack of grants writers. Mm. You know, many, many nonprofits uh, depend upon grant funding, obviously, even mm. the studio probably. Yes. And, um, you know, where do you get those people if you don't have them on staff? So we're hoping um, that we have uh, some support that will be coming our way to create a grants writing program um, that can be taken for credit at Sacred Heart mm, or can just idea. be taken without credit. Just will you mm. get a certificate at the end to be able to build that um cadre of, of people who can write grants. Steve, you, you've written a number of grants in your I, 13 I years at PKN. Uh, and, and, do you, and could you some, imagine that service being of help to you? Well, it's you were, great. I mean, we, we were fortunate because we we did source uh, somebody from Yale who had a long history of writing grants and has been really helpful and other people on staff. But uh, that is uh, number one kind of priority. Around here, because we right. have to, we have to try to keep that level of of grants coming you know, in. Nonprofits have the challenge of having to raise money every yeah, year. You right. know, think about companies; they issue debt for thirty mm. years, and then they've got this money, or they issue right. stock. Nonprofits can't, mm. so they require, and it usually goes all the way to the top. The most right. senior people are thinking about where's mm. the money going to come from. It's hard to go out and ask donors every mm. year. Of course, donors are an important part of it, the equation, but getting grants from foundations and philanthropy and even uh, government money that's available and being knowledgeable about that, that's a vein that needs to be tapped and tapped well. Uh, Well, Just to emphasize your point, Bill. You know, as a radio station, a lot of uh, grantors uh, never had uh, us on their wavelength at all. In fact, I mean, I think W, even WSHU, I mean, they could get some grants from NPR, but uh, some of the uh, community foundation grants were never considered for nonprofit radio stations, and now they are. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's been really vital for us in the last 12 years. Nice, nice. Bill, could you give us... um any like social media handles or uh, if people want, you know, if a nonprofit that's listening or somebody that might want to get involved, wanted to be in touch with you, uh, what would you be comfortable sure. sharing? Well, there, there are two ways. One, you can go to our website um, at the Center for Nonprofits.org uh, on Sacred Heart uh, or um, I'm happy to give my email. It's H A S S W at sacredheart.edu. Um, and we can talk with people about projects. We can talk with them about individual consultations or, you know, be of any help we possibly can to a nonprofit. Um, we've been fortunate to be able to figure it out and to do it for free. Nice, nice. Well, that was Bill Haas from uh, the Center for Nonprofits at Sacred Heart University. And you probably recognize that's our closing segment music in the background. Um Wow, what a really fun show. It went by so quickly. If you want to email me, you can do that at refried at optonline.net, R-E-F-R-I-E-D at optonline.net. You can sign up for our newsletter by visiting experiencebandcentral.com. I want to say thank you to uh, my team at Band Central, Audrey Neforis, Paula Murphy, Andy Cadison, and to our guests, Tracy Marble. And Bill Haas. Wow. So what were your favorite moments of the show today? If you just say, what, what, what did you... Uh... 
Stacy's music. Tracy's performance Tracy's of, of yep. The Secret of yep. Life was was chilling, yes. Oh, I had such a good time just connecting, actually looking. You know, you can't see us out there, but we're looking at, at one another and really making connections. So um, I hope that it connects with you, with your spirit hearing us. Wow. Together. I can't top that. We, uh, we really appreciate you for listening. Um, we've got some jazz coming up in the next uh, few hours. Um, Steve, any thoughts about uh, what was your favorite part of today's show? Well, nothing like live music. Oh, thank you. Well, please tune into our next show, which is uh, Monday, November 27th, with our guests, J.D. Seam, who's a terrific guitarist and vocalist, and Eric DiBerardino, the bassist and production manager at Park City Music Hall. Everybody loves Eric, so that's going to be great. Take good care.